Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Monday. This is the last, uh, not even a full week, but the last week of March. We got, what, four days left? And, uh, and guess what? Spring is here. April will be here before we know it. Um, and so, uh, again, I remember I showed you a couple of pictures last week. I thought I'd share a couple more today. Uh, we got Natalie and Charlie Sue there enjoying a little time together during spring break week before last, and then, of course, enjoying a little swinging also in the neighborhood. So, but uh, we're going to swing into spring here this week as we continue to see what's going to happen in the marketplace, what's going to happen in the Ukraine and Russia. Uh, we've got lots of things to talk about with Dave here in just a few moments. But remember, there is only one thing that we can control and that's how much risk you have in your portfolio. And if you don't know what that looks like for you, numerically, from one to 100, please, please, please give us a call. Let's walk through our core retirement design where we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. With that, we've got Dave coming up right now. there from 105.7 Highlands Light FM. Good morning. It's 8.39 now, 21 before 9. And like we always do on weekday mornings, we check in and see what the Wall Street people are doing to your IRA and your 401k. And, well, the macro junk that I'm looking at doesn't look too bad, but uh, uh, the stocks are looking okay, too. Let's see if we can keep a little momentum, a little momentum going this morning. Check in with Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler, who's on the phone. Philip, good morning. How you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well today as we head into this, the last, not even a full week of the first quarter of uh, 2022. We got four days, and then uh, I guess on Friday, spring will be here, right? Uh, well, we go, no, on Friday, it's going to pour. <laughs> <laughs> March is going to go out like a lamb, and, li and April is going to come in like a manatee, I think. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's reset the table for the morning. On Friday, it wasn't a half-bad day on Wall Street. Dow was up by 153 points. S&P was up by 23. NASDAQ suffered a bit, but not a ton. They were down by 22.5 points, and uh, it looked a little better during the day until we got a housing report in about 10 a.m., didn't it? Yeah, it did. Unfortunately, that was not good news. And uh, and I think over the weekend, we learned why as we looked at mortgage rates. But the, the pending home sales were down uh, 4, was it 4.1%. So down 4.1%. That's not good news on the housing front. But I also saw an article over the weekend that really said that mortgage rates are uh, are getting really close to 5%. And, and I can't remember last time we said those two words together, Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, I've always said, you know, okay, fine. Perspective, perspective, perspective. Five uh, percent is the kind of a mortgage rate my parents had in 1960. But uh, we kind of got spoiled with these uh, three and low threes and upper twos that we had for so many times. I refinanced at 2.9 a while ago and kind of caught the bottom of the curve, or at the very least, right, you know, just above the bottom of the curve. It feels like a whole heck of a lot worse now with these accelerated housing prices, doesn't it? It, it really does. And uh, I got to say, you did a really good job of getting it that low. Um, 
But that's that it is, you know, and there is a relationship just like bonds and interest rates, housing and mortgage rates. There is a relationship there is mortgage rates go up. The, the housing prices will start to fall because everybody out there has a budget and they can only afford to pay a certain amount for a house. They can only afford to pay a certain mortgage payment. And so that's what's in the budget. And so that kind of regulates uh, the housing prices. Absolutely. I've got a real estate advertiser that always says, you know, the only person that really knows the value of your home is the person that wants to buy it. Now, while things were going up at really low mortgage prices, he was selling things above the asking price. And sometimes even the real estate agents are surprised by how much a house gets. We might end up getting to the point where right now the asking price is the peak and they're working down from that as we level off a little bit. Nobody's expecting a crash like we had in 09. But at the same time, there's going to be a leveling off effect is the mortgage rates go up because as you say there's a balance rate in there somewhere absolutely and so we'll see that that'll continue to affect um real estate prices as we continue to move through this year and that has an effect on the stock prices too for the people involved in that i was telling you about a chart that i found on one of my tip sheets overnight last night uh, about the companies that uh, make their living off of housing and construction companies like lowe's is pointing about five and a half percent below its 50-day moving average stock price on the big publicly held home builders like lgi homes like 16 percent below their moving average uh toll brothers is running below a 50 uh, 50-day moving average it's uh, hitting some stock prices pretty hard as well, isn't it? It, it is. You know, that uh, that's definitely going to affect the, the price of homes, which will affect the bottom line of these companies. Because let's face it, we still have supply chain issues, which means that their costs are not going down relative to the selling price they need to get to make a profit on that house. Absolutely. And that means that they expect to keep building homes. They're going to have to be doing it skinnier margins and skinnier margins mean smaller profits and smaller profits means your stock price goes down. None of which is good for somebody that's invested in that company. Other things going on at the moment, looking at the 830 uh, government data dump, we had kind of a kiss in your sister morning, for lack of a better term. Uh, the uh, trade goods balance, uh, our balance of payments, actually down by a little bit, not as far as they expected, but $106 billion trade deficit. That's down by about a billion dollars from the prior month. So I'm calling it a relative bit of good news, even though it wasn't down as far as the uh, analysts expected it to be. Uh, inventories, though, I'm looking at that, and you want to talk about a slowdown. Retail inventories were expected to grow by 1.4% last month. They only grew by 1.1%. That means we're buying stuff at the very least, but the problem is wholesale inventories were expected to grow by 1.2%, and they're suddenly up by 2.1%. That tells me that something's slowing down somewhere in the chain. Absolutely. So that's telling us that, uh, you know, that they're not the retail establishments are not holding as much inventory right now, leaving it on the wholesalers. And because that seems to tell me that because it's not moving off of their shelves as fast either. Absolutely. And that's not good news for anything in a retail driven economy like ours. Other news floating out there that, that, I, that I noticed in the morning. Uh, Walmart announced this morning that they're going to pull tobacco products out of some of their stores. Okay, fine. That's 
socially responsible and all of that stuff. But stockholders for a company like Altria and uh, Philip Morris are saying, oh, no, and they're heading for the doors just on the notion that one major store is just going to pull them back a lot of some of their stores. If you ever wanted to know what the cloud of Walmart is, look at what it does to a tobacco stock, right? Yeah, exactly. You're right. It doesn't take much to, to affect some of those companies like that. On the other Absolutely. side of the coin, you know, last week we were talking about uh, inverted yield curves and, and the treasuries. We continue to see that being an issue right now um, on the yield curve. I mean, they've kind of corrected themselves back a little bit now, uh, but it wasn't the case about five o'clock this morning. About five o'clock this morning, we had the two-year, the five-year um, inverted against the 10-year uh, the and even the 30-year. Right now, we do not, uh, the only thing right now that looks like it's inverted to me and it, it changes every second is the um, the five-year and the 10-year. The five-year yeah, right does it. Five and, five and the, ten, the five is running a little higher than the 10 on my delayed quote. And it's within one basis point of the 30-year. Whoops, now it's two basis points. It just changed on mine, too. Yeah, so it's uh, obviously it's a, it's a fluid situation, but but still, we continue to see that be an issue floating around and whether that continues or not uh, that, that just kind of shows you what people think in the short term what interest rates are going to do versus the long term it also tends to be a little bit of the uh, measurement as to how much investors are expecting the current uh, uh, volatility to last in the process of they're buying longer term bonds like it's going out of style there that's kind of an indication that some of the smart money and some of the big money guys are saying, I think I'm just going to park a portion of my money for an extended period here. And that's not an indication of where the smart money is going that's good for equities. No, def definitely not. And, and let's face it, that's a long haul to hold uh, for 30 years, your, your treasuries. And so, uh, you know, they if, the, only way, the only way they're going to get an increase is if the, uh, if the yield goes down. Uh, and, and I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future. No, even a five-year bond purchase in terms of parking money away from equities is probably not a good sign for an expectation of the market by any measure. Uh, one of our favorite companies, Tesla, is going to be in the news today. They're holding their annual meeting. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if uh, Musk is going to give free weed to all his stockholders. <laughs> hey, I don't know about that, but I do know this, that they are coming to the shareholders to uh, to to try to put together a company split, they, uh, not a company split, but a stock split. They want to split their stock. Uh, it doesn't say by how much or, or what, but it does give us a reason. They want to be able to give a stock dividend uh, going forward. And so, uh, so Tesla's getting a nice little jump this morning, up almost five and a half percent. And let's face it, it's not a cheap stock. It's trading right now at $1,066. So even if you go down to, you know, ten for one, you're you're at a you know one hundred and six dollars a share. And that's even a little high for the Dow. I was thinking that one of the motivations of a major stock split like that would to get down to the price levels of the Dow 30 so that they could look at doing that. I mean, they are one of the most valuable companies in the country from a capitalization standpoint. They should be in the Dow. Well, and, and I think that, that you're right. A 20 for one probably makes a little bit more sense because if they want to use to be able to give stock dividends, um, you know, they're going to have to get that price down a little bit more. 
Yeah, but, yeah, because the Dow is such a, is a price-weighted index. A big, heavy stock on the Dow can swing it too far. So they try to keep their prices in the in the fifty to one hundred range as a maximum on the Dow Jones, don't they? Uh, you know, I honestly don't know what they yeah, try to keep them at, but it is price-weighted, so that definitely affects it. Absolutely. Yeah. Other tidbits going on that you've heard about this morning, in the absence of any great uh, market-moving uh, quarterly reports, I gather. You know, I, I really haven't seen much. I mean, there's downgrades and, and upgrades, but uh, the only other thing I saw was Coinbase. You know, they're the cryptocurrency exchange operator. Uh, they're trying to buy a Brazilian cryptocurrency brokerage firm uh, that specializes in the Mercado Bitcoin. I'm not sure exactly what the Mercado Bitcoin is all about, but... Uh, I've either. No, I've never heard of it either. <laughs> but it does have Coinbase up about 3.5% this morning. Okay, well, there's one stock that's doing interesting things. It was kind of a big dip in the middle of the overnight hours on the futures market. We had pretty substantial dip. We're being driven again partially by international events more than anything. Resetting the table, it was a minor up day on uh, the Dow and the S&P on Friday and a minor down day on the NASDAQ. Things almost looked normal on Friday, which is kind of a scary thought. 45 minutes before the open, what are we looking at this morning, Philip? Hey, but right now I'm seeing a lot of uh, of red ink right now, Dave. And we got the Dow uh, down a, a little bit more than a tenth of a percent, about $42. The S&P 500 is down three, which is less than a tenth of a percent. The NASDAQ 100 is eking out a slight green at $2.50, not much at all. Uh, but we look at the commodities side and we got all, all red ink on that side, silver, down 1.1%, still over $25. Uh, we've got gold down a half a percent, uh, $1,944 an ounce. And crude oil is heading the way you and I love it to go down almost 5% this morning to 108.25 a barrel. Well, that's a little bit of an improvement over where we were at the middle of last week, but I think it's up from Friday's open when we had a little dose of euphoria on the supply. I think so. I did see gas prices over the weekend or on Friday dropped about 10 cents. Wow. Only four and a half dollars a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was below four, below four. Holy three, crud, I got to get yeah, this up. Three ninety nine. Oh, gosh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Overseas markets, the Asian rim was somewhat mixed. Hong Kong was down by a percent and a quarter. Other than that, everybody else is just frittering around the zero line. Europe is feeling a little optimism over the uh, fact that Ukraine looks like it's moving to the point where Putin may have to uh, end up declaring victory and going home with the eastern provinces. And that always feels good, knowing that thing might actually have a light at the end of the tunnel. We've got markets up by like 1.7% in Germany, a percent and a half in France, and England's up by a half a percent, half way through their day. Getting some stability into a retirement fund is really important, and if you're young enough, all these low numbers that we're seeing can be a buying opportunity. Philip, how do I get a hold of you to try to get the right strategy for my retirement? Dave, you know, these are all the reasons that we created the core retirement design. Uh, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design, where we help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. And then catch us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. Hey, and back here again tomorrow morning. Philip, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, man. You have a great day.
Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you had a great weekend as we head into this, the last week of uh, the first quarter. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, take care. Bye now.